0: I'm your host, H. A. Andrews of G's dot com with a late night edition following a roller coaster of a Blue G's game tonight against the Red Sox. We're going to talk about the past couple days and just how they kind of went. Um, pitching we're probably going to talk about um, in the second half, just... Focusing on what the younger arms have been able to do for the Blue Jays. Because the young arms were on full display for the Blue Jays in that series. But we are going to start with the hottest hitter for the Blue Jays. And for the first time in a month, it's not Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and I know I am just as surprised as you are by that fact. I mean, what am I going to do with all these freaking pineapples that I bought? If it's not going to be in honor of the Blue Jays' hottest hitter, I'm going to be drinking tapache for like a month. <laughs> so, don't be mean. Don't buy a bunch of pineapples. Um, But no, we have to talk about... The guy who has managed to drag his average up above the Mendoza line for the first time basically all season, which, I mean, if you had told me he was going to be able to do that, I, I would have laughed, but no, we have to talk about the guy who has hit six home runs in the past week, and that is Jack and Danny Jansen and yeah like i said did not see this one coming at all just it you you could kind of see um just the way he was hitting at the start of june that it looked like he was getting more comfortable it looked like he was starting to kind of figure things out from a batting standpoint and you wondered when it was just going to click fully. and it looks like it happened in late June because um, Danny's hit safely in eight of his last nine games. As stated, he has six home runs in the last week. Um, the the sheer volume. Of the production that has come out of him is, I mean, it's, it's, what else can you say? It's completely unexpected. And, like, he's doing this against the Red Sox and the Yankees. And, and yeah, the Royals were in there, too. But he had six RBIs in that series against the Red Sox that just finished. He brought his batting average up to two oh eight. I had to double check Um, 208 with the three for four night. And like all three hits tonight were extra bases. And that is something that Danny was not doing at all. Like he went the entire month of May. Um, only collecting two extra base hits, both home runs. But he wasn't displaying that kind of contact that I think a lot of fans were expecting from him. And, yeah, he managed to get back to 200 after the May 1st game against the Angels. But, like, there was just a prolonged slump there where you, where you thought, like, is this just who he's going to be? Is he going to be, like, a, a defense first kind of catcher? But the past week has been a reminder of what he can be when he, he has his swing down. Like, he's raised his batting average 42 points since June 22nd. Again, that's Lourdes level improvement out of Jansen. And he's not the only one lately, which is, again, a welcome change. Because kind of obscured by the fact that Jansen is on his tear. We've seen Brandon Drury come on a little bit, too. He was two for four tonight. Um, He had that big RBI earlier this week. Um, he He had the home run against Boston the other night. So one of the big complaints I've had about the Blue Jays lineup this year is that, yeah, the top is looking very potent when you have some kind of combination of Eric Sogard Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Lourdes Gurriel, Justin Smoke, and you can throw Roddy Kleison. But the problem was with the bottom of the order. Like it was not giving any kind of support in the past few games. Like it's all been the bottom of the lineup starting to come through for the Blue Jays. And um, you know, We'll see just how sustained it is. I mean, Drury has been hitting a little bit lately when he's gotten the game action. Can he use this Boston series as, as a springboard to avoid demotion? We'll have to see. I mean, Danny was never in peril when it came to demotion because Luke Maley is still batting below 200 and Reese McGuire is doing similar at AAA. So it wasn't like Greece was going to come up and take Danny's job. But the fact that Danny has had this turnaround and again, you see it in his comfort at the plate, but maybe it's also being around guys who he knows and is comfortable with. Like it took some time for Cavan Biggio and Teoscar and Lourdes to get reacclimatized back to the majors. But Maybe he's feeding off that energy. Maybe that's that's help him find that sort of comfort at the plate. And, again, the Blue Jays will take anything like that from, from their catcher. Because if Danny keeps this up, I mean, he's going to be, you know, hitting better than Russell did last year. And as much as Russell's relief pitching would be nice... The Blue Jays want to see progress. They want to see a better version of Russell Martin and Danny Jansen's providing that. So hopefully that will continue. Um, We're going to talk about some of the younger pitchers in the second half. But before we do, just a reminder, Kawhi Leonard still hasn't signed. And that's all anyone in Toronto can talk about. But, if you don't want to have to wade through CP24's media coverage of his walk through the path, then just follow LockedOnNBA.net and you'll get all the latest takes on NBA Free Agency from all the Locked On Podcast Network codes. It's a great way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA Free, free Agency. So check out LockedOnNBA.net. You are locked on Blue Jays your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. So I did want to talk about the pitching that the Blue Jays have gotten over the past couple of games. And obviously it was a bit better uh, last night than it was tonight. It was the bullpen that did the Blue Jays in, but it's not really the main focus. What we want to focus on tonight is the two pitchers that handled the bulk of the innings as Charlie Montoya went full in on openers the past couple games. He used David Phelps yesterday and then Derek Law again today. And I am starting to run out of patience. With Derek Law because that ERA is back up over seven now. I mean, again, you can't really fault a guy for giving up a home run to Raphael Devers. Because that's just what Raphael Devers does against the Blue Jays. He just lifts whatever he can into the freaking flight deck. But um, Law was an interesting choice. So, that strategy seem to work with the young arms that the Blue Jays had pressed into service over the past couple of days. And we want to start with Jacob Wagsbach, who pitched yesterday, went five innings, gave up three runs, struck out four in a very solid, like, I called it a start yesterday because essentially it was his first start. I mean, He wasn't expecting to go in after Aaron Sanchez in his first game. So, kind of give him a pass on that. But when he went out there in that second game, he showed a lot of fight. He showed the ability to not really get ground down by Boston in that lineup. So, It it was heartening to see because again, like we talked about before with Sean Reed Foley going out there and delivering innings, one of the biggest sources of anxiety for Blue Jays fans has been the supposed lack of depth in the organization of arms that you could comfortably throw out there and say like, he's going to get five innings. He's going to get six innings for this team. And As it relates to another Toronto pitcher that Fine we will talk about, as it relates to Aaron Sanchez, who there have been some interesting things floating around. I think Ken Rosenthal pointed this out, that technically Aaron Sanchez can still be optioned right now after his Friday start against Baltimore. So if he shows the same aptitude that he showed the entire month of June, Theoretically, the Blue Jays can option him and call up someone else. Now, granted, there aren't a lot of pitchers available that, you know, haven't been optioned already, but I think Justin Schaefer would be eligible by that time. So theoretically, the Blue Jays could option Aaron Sanchez, add an extra year of arbitration onto his contract. Um, tell him to get himself right and hopefully rebuild his value. Now, the thing is, you'd like this would tick Scott Boris off to no end, which honestly for me is just another positive for sending Aaron Sanchez down. Um, but at the same time, you wonder what that will do to Sanchez's psyche. I mean, Honestly, it can't really hurt his psyche anymore. He's just been so dreadful the past month. But actually, yeah, I'm not really seeing a downside to optioning Aaron Sanchez after his Friday start. We talked about optioning Trent Thornton um, to work on his stuff. Aaron Sanchez needs more work than Trent Thornton. Trent Thornton just needs to not tip his pitches. So having guys like Wagsbach and Thomas Pannone, who pitched tonight, and Pannone did really well pitching until that sixth inning. And then that that is where we kind of have to talk about Charlie Montoyo some more, because instead of, you know, kind of crossing up the Red Sox, he used the only other lefty. That he had at his disposal in Tim Mesa, and sent him out right after um, Thomas Pinone was pulled. So it didn't make a lot of sense to burn Mesa like that, and and to leave him out there to get multiple innings. I understand Daniel Hudson pitched an inning and two thirds the night before, so he was not available. But I would have sent Joe Biagini out sooner. I mean, the way Nick Kingham pitched tonight, I would have sent Nick Kingham out. I, I would have talked to David Phelps, see how he was feeling. I would not have gone lefty-lefty in that situation. And ultimately, it burned the Blue Jays when Meza gave up the go-ahead home run to Michael Chavis. Now... It wasn't the final blow because the Blue Jays managed to pull one run back. And and then Ken Giles, on his third straight day of work, gave up a home run to Marco Hernandez. And that was the deciding game. Like, deciding win. Which sucks, but... I mean... That... It barely got over the wall. I'm... I'm not faulting Ken Giles for that at all. That happens. So, yeah, you, um, you know, it's, it's one of those Aaliyah games where you just end up dusting yourself off and you try again. And, I mean, again, Baltimore is coming, so... That should be fun because we've seen what the Blue Jays will do to very bad teams. They will take three out of four from the Royals. So, given that is like Dylan Bundy and Gabriel Yanoa standing in the way of a series victory for the Blue Jays, I like their chances. Um... Andrew Kashner might be a problem, but we'll talk about that more in tomorrow's episode. Um, So yeah, uh, just a reminder, if you want to get involved in tomorrow's episode, because tomorrow's Fan Friday, and, you know, of course, Fan Friday cannot be Fan Friday without interactions from you, the fans. So um, if you want to get involved uh, follow me on Twitter at neoac18. That's neoac18. Even if you don't follow me, if you respond to my stuff, I'm usually gonna, you know, put you on the air. So um, hit me up on there. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Locked On Jays. Um, subscribe on Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Um, Wherever you get podcasts, just make sure that you are subscribed so you never miss an episode because, admittedly, my posting schedule is a little wonky. It essentially is like, how much work do I have to do today? Is the Blue Jays game on right now? That sort of thing. But Fan Friday, we're usually pretty reliable and can usually get that out in the afternoon. So look for the prompt that I will send out at some point. So, yeah, I hope, uh, hope y'all get in on this. Hopefully, we have a decent series to enjoy over the weekend. And until then, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.